Welcome back to another edition of Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are going to be talking about the final chapter of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban today. You don't have a fancy word for the final chapter? It's the final chapter! <laughs> That's not what I meant. But pretty good. Pretty awesome. I'm still getting my voice back post-coronavirus. I still don't, fit, don't have the pipes I normally do. No. No, our pipes. our pipes are on the fritz. I don't have the pipes I normally do, Jessica. Yeah. Just had pneumonia on top of everything else. But we are trudging along because as we are recording this in April of 2020, we are quarantined, hopefully bringing you some reprieve, reprieve. from the ongoing pandemic here in the world. Jessica and I are almost fully recovered from our bouts with COVID-19. I am still not able to smell or taste anything, which is not good. I'd love a a frozen butterbeer right about now. Ooh. But I shall not because I cannot enjoy it. I don't think we have the ingredients either. Um, So we'd have to go to the store and that's... Can't do that. That's... No, no. No, that's unless unless it's uh, it's only for necessities. Only if it's for necessities, and apparently butterbeer is not a necessity. I don't think so. I think that's a luxury. Well, people people that have never had it, once they've had it, they probably think, "Go, go to the store. Yeah, get it, get it. It's worth it." Well, we've already had it, so I guess we could go to the store. Yeah, that's true. So uh, that's where we're at right now. Hopefully, we can give you a little bit of a reprieve from. The uh, sadness in the world right now and give you a little bit of entertainment here with our little uh, two-person podcast that we do. Broomsticks and Butterbeer, available on all podcast platforms. Ooh. Uh, chapter 21, we talked about last time, Hermione's Secret. Here's my recap, Jessica. I know you Go. Love, I know you love my recaps. Snape is getting commended by Cornelius Fudge based on the false story that Snape told Fudge about his heroism. Do we know what kind of boots he was wearing? I'm assuming purple pointed boots. Maybe. We don't know. Doesn't say. Sirius Black has been captured awaiting the dreaded Dementor's kiss in Professor Flitwick's office. Harry, Ron, and Hermione are in the infirmary. Harry comes to first, hears Snape's false stories to fudge, and loses his cool. Hermione also awakens, and Madame Pomfrey's trying to shove chocolate down their throats the whole chapter. Dumbledore shows up and wants to talk to Harry and Hermione alone. We find out that Hermione has been doing some time traveling this book, Jess, using a time turner. You love time travel. Time travel is the worst. <laughs> it's the absolute worst. Time tra- As I said last episode, time travel is dumb. We find out that Hermione's been doing some time traveling, and uh, she's been doing that in order to take more than the normal amount of classes at Hogwarts. Dumbledore instructs Harry and Hermione to travel back in time, Huey Lewis style, using the time turner in order to save Buckbeak from ex- execution, fly Buckbeak up to Sirius's window in order to let him escape as well. We also learn that the strangely familiar person who conjured the powerful Patronus in the previous chapter, powerful Patronus previous, <laughs> a lot of alliteration there, was the time-traveling Harry himself. Ooh. Buckbeak is alive, Hagrid is drunk and happy, and Sirius is free and unkissed by Dementors. Your pipes seemed pretty good there. I mean, you really... 
It's like the nicest thing you said <laughs> in the last six months. <laughs> you really got it all in there. A uh, shout out to the sponsor of the show, Diet Seven Up. I believe uh, we have a uh, Seven Up factory right here in St. Louis. Although this one says it's bottled in Plano, Texas. Oh, I, I've I'm got Mott's apple and white grape juice over here. I was interested to try one of those, but they were in uh, short demand in our refrigerator the other day, and I didn't want to take one of them. I love them. They're so good. I was trying to, I I really like apple juice. I was trying to see if maybe I could taste it a little bit. Every once in a while, I get a a little glimmer of something that gives me hope that maybe my senses will come back someday, because I'm going to be a really sad puppy if I never can enjoy a meal again. I love eating. I think most people do. But I I really, like, it's like one of the things that gives me joy in this world. Like, my family, my uh, arts and crafts projects, my podcasting ventures, and eating. <laughs> in that order? I don't know. I might put, I if I could, if they said you'd have to stop podcasting, but we'd give you your smell and taste back, I'd probably do it. Oh, that'd be sad for everybody else, though. Would it? Yeah. There are people who listen. There are. Jennifer would be really upset. Yeah. But I think she would understand. I think she would understand. Yeah. And then when she comes to St. Louis, she gets some of that gooey butter cake. Then she's really going to understand. She's like, you made the right choice. And some T-Revs. You made the right choice. And some Ted Drew's ice cream. You made the right choice. So chapter 22, Jess, the final chapter. It's the final chapter. Love it. Of the uh, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. It's called Outpost Again. Now, it's called Outpost Again. The first chapter of the book was Outpost. Yes. This is Outpost Again. Again. Outpost Part 2. No, just again. Electric Boogaloo. Because it's it's the same same book. Outpost Return. So not Part 2. Outpost Part (laughs) 2. Harry and Hermione are not done yet, Jessica. Before we wrap everything up here, Harry and Hermione, they've got exactly 10 minutes to get back to the hospital wing without anyone seeing them. And Harry and Hermione hear Snape and Fudge talking, which they've already heard before because it happened about three hours ago their time. (sighs) I hate time travel. It's the worst. (laughs) So they know the time is almost right. But they almost run into Peeves, the ghost, which always seems to cause them trouble. Always. They can't run into Peeves and just have a non-issue type of situation. See, this is one of those things. You watched the movies, you didn't even know Don't Peeves. Don't worry about Peeves. No. Peeves not Peeves an issue. Peeves not, not a problem. Yep. It's, it's, Peeves is a big problem. It's a, it's, a non, it's a non-starter for a discussion in the movies. But here it is a problem. And now, since they've had to hide from Peeves, they only have three minutes left to get back to the infirmary. What? They get back to the room just as Dumbledore is leaving the room and ready to lock the door. Now, Dumbledore, Jess, has just given Harry and Hermione the instructions yes. <laughs> to go back in time. So in his time frame... He just saw them in the room seconds ago. Uh-huh, and he walked out of the room, and, and there, there they, they are. are. <sighs> time but travel. he instructed travel. this. Oh, this was so all his plan, so he gets plan. it. I know he gets it, but I don't get it. It hurts my head. Do you need some Tylenol? Yeah, Tylenol. I guess I can't take Advil, because they say you can't take Advil 
associated with coronavirus. Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but we just stayed away from it just in case. So they get back into the room. Dumbledore's leaving, Dumbledore having just given them instructions. For him, it was just seconds ago, but for them, it was several hours. Dumbledore asks if the mission has been accomplished, and the duo assure him that it was. But before they can go back into the room, though, they have to wait until the other Harry and Hermione travel back in time. Mm-hmm. So the original time-traveling Harry and Hermione can take their place. Yes. Don't look at me like I'm weird. <laughs> the original time-traveling yeah. Harry and Hermione are now going back into the room waiting for this Harry and Hermione to travel back in time so they can take their place. Time travel is dumb, and don't look at me like I'm the dumb one here. I just thought it was... I am calling this okay. out exactly how, as it happens, and you're looking at me like I'm the one who wrote this. Like it's my silly idea. You wrote the notes. Snape and Fudge come right back after this. And Snape is fuming, Jess. Why is Snape so upset? Oh, because Sirius got away. And he didn't get to see the ending that he was hoping for. I wanted to see him dead. Uh, That's not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. It really isn't. (laughs) But, I mean, I guess Snape believed he was a murderer, but... You bullied me as a child. I would like you to die. I got bullied as a kid, too. I don't want anyone to die. And he comes charging in, screaming at Harry that he did it, he did it, he did it. He is the one that helped Sirius escape. So here's my thing. I'm curious as to how Snape thinks Harry is so capable of pulling all this (laughs) off. Now, mind you, he's right. It is, Harry. These are not just the the ramblings of a madman. Although it sounds like it. However, how would he think that... It it seems like it would take a super powerful wizard with tons of resources to pull this off. And he's right. (laughs) It was a couple of powerful kid wizards with... Well, and Dumbledore. With... Yeah, with resources, like Dumbledore and the Time Turner and stuff like that. However, why would Snape think that that Harry's even capable of this? Like, Harry always messes up in potions class. He doesn't think very highly of, of Harry. Why would he... Does he hate Harry that much that that he would blame him? Because logic would dictate that a... 12-year-old or whatever he is now, 13-year-old, I think, in his third year, because they go when they're 11, right? 11, 12, 13. So 13-year-old would be able to to pull this off when he was obviously laid up in a hospital bed. I don't know. Maybe he climbed out the window and scaled the tower and tied all the bed sheets together and let Sirius climb down them. Right. Uh Uh-huh. I just see... Snape at this point in this scene I see him as the the bad guy at the end of the Scooby-Doo cartoons they pulled a mask off him <laughs> no but he was like <laughs> those meddling kids so they I just like, feel like he's shaking he had his like fist. a Dementor mask on they pulled it off <laughs> it's not a Dementor <laughs> Professor Snape <laughs> and I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids 
Well, Ruby Dooby Doo! It doesn't exactly fit, but I just still see him at the end shaking his fist, saying that it was those. Me- I would have got what I wanted except for those meddling kids. Who would be the. If the Scooby Doo gang were Harry Potter characters, who is. So Shaggy is probably Ron and. Does that make Scabbers Scooby? Yeah. I was like, Ron, Ron and Scabbers. Oh, God. And um, Hermione is definitely Velma. Yes. Uh, Harry, I guess, is Fred? Uh, I mean, kind of. He always seems to figure it out in the end, but he doesn't really have it all together. At least, not yet. Fred's so we a little a da- more we well put Daphne together. as well. Hmm. I don't think we have enough players uh if somebody wants to email in uh the one that we like the best i'll send you a t-shirt so match up the scooby gang to harry potter characters and uh the one i like the best i'll send you a t-shirt working on some new designs too for t-shirts so i'll even let you like pick out your color and you do we have a lot of free time do your house colors and stuff like that so uh, that just caught me off guard that Snape was like, he did it, he did it, that 13-year-old did it. I, I don't know, know he how, did. but I know that he did. So Ron wakes up, finally, been sleeping through this whole thing. Ron had a rough couple of chapters. And Harry and Hermione, he fill him in on everything. So before we go to what happens next, because there's like a little bit of break in time here, it it struck me as crazy the amount of stuff that happened like in one day. This like, is true. One day at Hogwarts was like seven chapters. <laughs> <laughs> it's a busy place. It, it was like... There's a lot going on. We, and we relived three hours. We went from like a chapter was like... And then like a week would go by. Or like a chapter and then like three days would go by. And then we had like one... It was like one big day mm-hmm. for like a fourth of this book. Or third of this book. It was crazy. It was a lot. That, that just kind of caught me off guard, too, when I was reading this. There was some comment in, in the chapter about the next day. <laughs> and I'm like, that was all one day? <laughs> and it was actually more than a 24-hour day because they went back in time for an extra three hours. <sighs> just a little taste of what Hermione's uh, semester's been like. Time travel's the worst, Jess. Uh, Hagrid breaks the news. That Professor Lupin is packing up his things and has resigned, Jessica. Oh, no. Now, why would Lupin be resigning from Hogwarts? Oh, because maybe Snape told everyone that he was a werewolf. Mm, ratted him out, huh? Yeah, but it probably would have happened anyway because Lupin feels horrible about turning into a werewolf and on school grounds. And almost killing you know, almost, almost eating some children. So he's like, you know what? Maybe this isn't the best place for me. Uh, Harry has to go see Lupin before he he leaves, and Lupin returns the Marauder's map. Yeah. And also the invis retrieve the invisibility cloak. Got old for Lupin. him. What a nice guy. Uh, Harry, after Lupin leaves, has a heart to heart with Dumbledore in Lupin's office, presumably. And I want to ask you about some of the things that that Harry is kind of uh, insecure about, and then you can kind of give Dumbledore's like response to it 
are kind of his reassurance to each one. Okay. So the first one is that Harry feels that, I guess with Lupin gone, he feels like nothing that he did made a difference. That was the first thing he said. Yeah, he was really upset that, you know, he felt like it was his fault that Peter got away, Wormtail got away. And because he had asked them not to kill him, Peter. Keep wanting to call him Wormtail. Um, so he felt like this was all his fault. He should have just let them kill Peter and then this wouldn't have played out like this. But they needed Peter alive to prove that Sirius was innocent. So that wouldn't have worked either. Uh, the other thing that he asked about was Professor Trelawney's prediction. Pr Professor Trelawney kind of has this shtick that she goes through when she's like reading the crystal ball mm -hmm. and the tea leaves and but <clears throat> a few chapters ago she kind of went away from that and kind of just went into like a trance and and gave a different type of prediction and doesn't even remember giving that prediction it was almost almost like that she was like possessed or something and said uh, made a prediction about Voldemort's servant returning to him this kind of catches Dumbledore off guard a little bit because Dumbledore says oh well so she was acting weirder than normal but this yeah. time she actually made a, a right prediction that makes two that she's done in her entire time at Hogwarts <laughs> I give should her give her a raise, her a raise. So Dumbledore is almost, almost agreeing with her, what Hermione's been saying is that Trelawney, ninety-nine percent of the time, is just full of hot air. But every once in a while, once in a while, she can she... pull a rabbit out of the hat and be right dead on about something. So she does. She, she does have the ability. She has a gift. She has the gift. But However, she can't really control it. Right. It just happens to right. her and the the gift and she doesn't is not... really even know that it happened so exactly if nobody told her she would right have no idea so she she knows she has the gift but she can't control the gift and a lot of it is just a lot of what a lot of fortune tellers are which is you know it's the act is is what you're really there for mm -hmm. you know you're not really they're really there for the actual sorry to anybody who really believes in like your mother in, in fortune telling like my mom who took classes to be a fortune teller and reads reads tarot cards and and just tells everybody they're gonna have babies stinks up my clothes with sage and and things like that so uh professor Trelawney's prediction about voldemort and his servant was correct and then the other thing you kind of mentioned already was Harry feels really like he did the wrong thing with stopping Sirius from killing Peter Pettigrew and Peter getting away. Yeah, I was starting to say that and then I had to stop because I figured you were going to mm -hmm. get into the prediction. And so, yeah, that, that part is really stressing Harry out because he made this choice not to kill Peter Pettigrew. And now putting it all together and adding it up with the prediction, he's like, I allowed this. I basically sent Peter off to go find Lord Voldemort. And now he's going to come back stronger than ever. And this is the end of the world. I just called caused the end of the world, basically. His most loyal servant in with who has a lot of new information now. 
-hmm. that can help Voldemort. A lot of, a lot of information about Ron. Mm -hmm. I would think. Yeah, he's been sleeping <laughs> in Ron's bed for the last, you know, t uh, ten years or whatever. Yeah. I guess because they said. Um, how many years had Sirius been in Azkaban? A decade, I thought they said? Or mm -hmm. was it like 12 years, 13 years? Something like that. I well, pretty much as long as, as old as Harry is because okay. he was a baby when his parents were killed. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's probably been about 12 or 13 years. And that's how long that uh, Peter Pettigrew's been... <laughs> <laughs> Hiding out as been, a uh, pet. Uh, sleeping in the bed of a, of, of a small Well, I think it was Percy's first... No, one of the older brothers. Mm -hmm. And then when they weren't at school anymore, they gave Scabbers to Ron. We thought he was just hearty. Yeah. Rats don't live that long, but we didn't think anything of it. So there was another thing that Dumbledore mentioned, though, is that his dad probably would have made the same decision. Yeah, to kind of ease Harry's conscience, he says. But that's also his... Yes, Peter betrayed James and Lily, but it's also still like one of their oldest friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, one bad thing, one really, really bad thing can't erase the entire friendship that they had. The years and years and years of growing up. A lot up. of history there. So, yeah, I don't think that you could watch your friend die, although Sirius was going to do it. And he was one of the friends. But also, th that was the other side of it. So then Sirius would become a murderer. And he hadn't murdered anybody to this point. And that would also be something James wouldn't want to happen. Well, Dumbledore also mentions that this could end up being kind of a positive thing. That he sa that Harry saved Peter Pettigrew's life because that kind of makes Harry have a connection to Peter now. Yeah, he's like indebted. You saved his life. And that's, I guess literally that's a thing. literally saved his life. That's, I guess that's a thing in like the wizarding world. We know that... Actions like that and the love that, that Lily showed for in protecting Harry uh, from the initial Voldemort attack when he was a baby was one of the things that, that hurt Voldemort so much. You know, that, that, the fact that she was willing to sacrifice herself for Harry was one of the things that like, you know, backfired, the curse backfired and, and hurt Voldemort so much. So we, we know that Sometimes actions like that and sacrifices and feelings and emotions are very strong in the wizarding world and that they can actually have an effect on other things. I'm having a hard time figuring out the words to say it, but I think you kind of understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Have, an, have an effect on, you know, it's almost like the, um, like we watched the Trolls movie the other day. And the they second one. And they make the pinky swear. <gasps> and that's like, the pinky promise. that's like the strongest thing in, in the troll world. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like this unbreakable oath. Um, and then um, I think it's um, like in Star Wars, they have something called like a life debt. You know, if you save somebody's life, then they, you know, owe you a debt to like at least well, save yeah. yours. If you save somebody's life, that's a pretty common debt that you have, you know, in different but like in our world, like somebody might take that as like their personal goal, but it's not like something that they're like Compelled bound to, bound to, you yeah. know, their soul isn't bound to it or something like that. But it sounds like in the wizarding world, it kind of is, is something there. Yeah. So Dumbledore was kind of saying that this could end up actually 
Working being a good Harry's thing. Favor, like this, yeah. could, like kind of, he was kind of alluding this could be helpful in the future. You know that, yeah, Peter Pettigrew is going to go back to Voldemort because that's what he does. He, you know, he is a follower of the of the highest order. Yeah, you know, he's he got to go to whoever is the most powerful. Exactly. Or scary. Yeah, for protection, and you know that's kind of what he did by buddying up with the jocks back in uh, his days at Hogwarts. Because you wouldn't think that it doesn't seem like Peter would be the guy that would kind of fit in with that crew Group. from yeah. the sound of it. But Dumbledore seems to think that having this kind of in the back of Peter's mind and maybe kind of like bound to his soul a little bit, that that could have actually be helpful in the future. You know, maybe whether Peter knows it or not can kind of be a way that maybe they can kind of attack from the inside a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Moving on, what else we got here? Uh, Harry can't help but think. He can't stop thinking. That brief moment of awesomeness that he had the other day. That 30 minutes when he thought he was never going to have to go back to the Dursleys and he would get to live with Sirius, but now he knows that that brief moment of awesomeness is never, that he felt is never going to be possible because Sirius is on the run, right? Yeah, he's got to go into hiding because, again, he's wanted and they still believe he's the murderer and they can't clear his name. So, yeah, Summer's with serious are out of the question uh exam results are in jessica Ooh, i'm gonna need some help on some of these things <laughs> uh, harry ron and hermione passed every subject baby! and even harry passed snape's potions class <laughs> which he doesn't understand how that happened how did that happen he hates me he should have failed me Harry kind of thinks that Dumbledore he, might have... Yeah, he did fail him, and Dumbledore said, no, nah, fix this. Come on. You know you're just doing that to be a jerk. Give him his C-plus that he was supposed to get. Because <laughs> Harry, not, Harry not the best at potions. Well, it's not a very good environment for him to be well, learning it's in. Not, it's not... It's a hostile environment. Environment. <laughs> environment is a big thing. Yeah. You know, teaching... I was, I, I was never the best teacher in my building. You but, have a crystal apple that says have differently. But I have awards yeah. because my environment was so good. I think that my relationships that you build with kids, and if you, if you make it, if you let them know that you care about them, they will work so hard for you. Like, I, my kids always did best, did so well on those end-of-the-year standardized tests, not because I taught them better than anybody else, but because I motivated them and because I told them like how important it was to me and I didn't treat them like they like they were you know lesser people you know I treated them like they were family I, I honestly did and because you brought the dogs there I brought my I brought my family to school I brought you and and dogs my family to school to be you know to to show them you know that how important you know they were to me and it environment is such a big thing in education and harry really didn't have a chance to be successful in snape's potions class from day one you know because of of things that had happened in the past before harry was even alive but harry even passed snape's potions class now uh jess help me out with these uh (laughs) percy got his top grade newts yes exactly of course okay what's that (laughs) Um, so like the first couple of years, they just take their exams and then, um, we, 
skip to the skip to Fred and George because that's going in the time frame. Okay, so Fred and George got a handful of owls each. Owls, yes. So they get a bunch of brought in like a bunch of cages of baby owls. No, no, that's that's not what that is. And they gave him a handful of. Those are special tests. So you know how it's like a very large age range that's at this school. Yeah. So kind of think of it as like the high school finals. Like you've got elementary school where we do the, we don't really do finals, but we do like the standard testing at the end of the semester right. or the end of the school year. And then like, but in high school you get your real finals and those are like your owls. So according to uh, the Harry Potter wiki, an ordinary wizarding level, often abbreviated owl, is a standardized subject specific test taken during Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry students fifth year administered by the Wizarding Examinations Authority. Mm-hmm. Kind of dictates where they can go with their um, continuing education mm-hmm. and what kind of careers they can have. Yeah, it said the score made by a student <coughs> on a particular owl determines whether or not he or she will be allowed to continue taking that subject in subsequent school years and whether they might be successful in obtaining a particular job. Yes. So it's kind of like the ASVAB test we took in <laughs> high school. <laughs> the Armed Service Vocational Aptitude and Battery Test. Ugh. And you took it and you were... I, it was optional when I was in high school. We didn't have to take it. Yeah, I don't it, think we took it. But it was, I remember it was optional. And if you took it, you got to get out of class oh. to go take it. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go to the library and take this test. <laughs> and then I got done with it early a little bit. Had a little bit of time. Went down to the snack machine. Got a little snack. I used to go to the library and read the newspaper. How about that? That's how old I am. To go to the library, they had like the newspapers on the little like wooden dowel rods, mm-hmm. and I'd always grab the sports section, go sit in a little cubicle, and eat my Twinkies or whatever. <laughs> I was really cool in high school. Yeah, sounds like it. I was like, I was kind of, I would say, I was kind of like a mix of James Potter and Sirius Black. Uh-huh. Probably like the coolest kids in school. Yeah, I don't think they hung out in the library reading the sports section. They didn't read like I, the Daily Prophet. I think that they were out Twinkies. playing the sports. Uh, I did play a little bit of the sports. Oh, How about that? Quidditch? Uh, I did not. I did not partake yeah. in the Quidditch. It wasn't Quidditch back then that we knew of. Let's see. Uh, I graduated in 98. The first book came out in 97. So... <laughs> Quidditch would have just been in the periphery of pop culture uh, back around that time. So, uh, what about uh, newts? That's like your graduation. Okay. So that's whether finals. You like, like if you want an equivalent to like college finals, like it's the next level. Looking up newts right now. Nastily exhausting <laughs> wizarding test. <laughs> Sounds like what? college finals, doesn't it? Why would it? you have a test that has nastily in it? <laughs> you were talking about a test that had battery in it. That didn't sound good either. Vocational aptitude and battery, yeah. Uh, they beat you up? No, not that kind of battery. Oh, they, they, like, hook you up to a car battery? Uh, the, thing, the thing about the ASVAB test is the armed services, so it's like the armed forces that put it on. Mm-hmm. So you take that test, you do well on it, you're on their radar. They don't leave you alone. Yeah, I, I must had, have taken it at some point. I had every branch of the military uh, calling me daily to the point where I 
I just let them come to my house and talk to me about it so they would leave me alone. Did that work? Uh, I think it did for, like, the Marines. And I think it did for, like, mm, the... Did the Marines decide you weren't Marines material? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, no. Probably because I kept asking about a sword. I get a sword? Bro, I get a sword? Sword? No, you're not Marine material. <laughs> um, I think the... You know, I was actually debating for a little while. My mom would never let me do it, but I was like, I thought the ar- I thought the Army Reserves sounded like a good deal, <laughs> and I'm really glad I didn't because, like, as soon as uh, as soon as I graduated uh, high school, you know, a couple years later, like three years later, 9/11 happened, and they called it everybody. You know that you know the Army Reserve thing sounded like a pretty good deal. You know, you're, you know, it was like uh, one weekend a month, two weeks a year, or something like that, and you're normally, you know, probably somewhere in the continental U.S. somewhere. But 9/11 happened; they were calling up everybody, and you know, people were getting thrown over into, you know, world conflict over in the Middle East because of that, and it, and it hasn't really stopped, you know, since then because the world has never really recovered from that. But I digress. Uh, we like to go down the rabbit hole a little. <laughs> sometimes get, get lost in the weeds. Some here on bro- sometimes here on broomsticks and butter beer. But uh, talking about newts here, uh, it's a subject-specific exam that seventh-year witches and wizards at Hogwarts take to help them pursue certain careers after their graduation. So passing these exams is critical. For instance, the minister, the Ministry of Magic, only accepts Auror applicants with at least five newts with top grades of either outstanding or exceeds expectations. That sounds like uh, t- the teacher evaluation. Uh, like uh, It's like advanced, exceeds expectations, meets expectations. Satisfactory. Basic. There's, there's like 75 different levels. Uh, at Hogwarts, pupils have to complete the owl exams before selecting the subjects they want to continue for newt level which is the highest merit that they can achieve they pick the subjects at the start of their sixth year provided they achieve the owl grades that the teachers want them to have and providing there is sufficient demand in the case of specialized subjects yes. there you go thank you wiki and that's not wikipedia that's like the, the the wiki is like the like the offshoot of wikipedia where there's like a specific like harry potter one that mm. you can like drill down into like every little character and every little thing and there's ones for like every every fandom but i highly recommend them they i learn a lot from them uh gryffindor won the house cup for the third year in a row baby Woo! harry seems to be their lucky charm yeah every year he's there they win they win that's because Dumbledore just. If they don't win, he'll well, just give them a million points. He basically saves the world every year, so mm-hmm. really, he should. They should get the cup. And get those million bonus points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. We're on the Hogwarts, Hogwarts Express on our way back home for the next two months. And Harry is pretty depressed, but Ron cheers him up a little bit. How do yeah. you do that? I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I was already on to the next part that you read me. Uh, Ron uh, actually uh, says he's going to work it out to where Harry does not have to stay with the Dursleys for the whole summer and actually can come stay with him. And I believe the Quidditch World Cup Championships are going to be happening. And Ron believes that his father 
being uh, a prominent member in the Ministry of yeah. Magic, should be able to, ought to be able to get some some tickets. Yeah, I loved that line. Ought to be able to get like, some tickets. My dad can get them from work. It's fine. No big deal. It's probably like the uh, like the big cor- corporations like Pepsi and Coke have like a like a box at like the uh, the big arenas. That's just like that's their box, their special luxury box all the time that only like Pepsi and Coke. Uh, people can use or like enterprise rent a car or you know oh, no i think this is more like when when here like slew's girls basketball team comes and dumps a, a whole like stack of 100 tickets at our elementary school uh, it's more like that i think i don't know i think the quidditch world cup tickets seem like they'd be in a little bit yeah, higher than man i don't SLU think women's basketball they're getting good seats uh, we'll see I don't know. They like to keep the. You would think they like to keep like the ministry, the ministry, happy. Yeah, but the ministry is huge, all the departments and everything. So they're not all gonna fit in a box. Yeah, but so you there's th- like the upper level people. They got that box. You would think a lot of those the rest hoity-toity people are people, in the bleacher though, or like, in the nosebleed seats. A lot of the like hoity-toity people probably don't. Mm, it's the World Cup. Okay. All right. You'll find out. We'll okay. dive into the next book. Deep dive. Next book. Uh, chapter one was called Outpost. This chapter is called Outpost again because while on the train... That's what I thought we were getting to. An owl is frantically trying to keep up with the Hogwarts Express. <laughs> I felt really a bad for this. poor little tiny it's a little owl. owl. But it's a determined little yeah, owl. Yeah, like just, just the wind off the train was like knocking him around. I just imagine, I imagine like our little our little puppy, Nightwing, who's just so... He's, he's little... But he's so determined. Well, he's not little anymore. He's still, now he's the biggest one. But he's still little for like, like compared to like, you know, big breeds of dogs. Mm-hmm. And he's so determined and he's so proud of his work that when he patrols <laughs> the yards, he, you know, he's, he would just run through a wall for you, you know? Yeah. And that's what this owl reminds me of. He's just so determined. And then... <laughs> Harry brings the owl in and, and like the owl catches him out of midair. Yeah, drops the letter in Harry's seat, and that letter is from Sirius. Ooh. And we learn a couple things in this letter. One thing we learned is that Hermione was right, as she usually is. Sirius did send the firebolt broom to Harry earlier in the book. See, I was right. Kinda. <laughs> well, it could have been cursed. So Hermione was sure that Sirius sent it and that it had been bewitched in order to uh, after all Harry. the drama that involved Harry at at Quidditch games anything was possible but it was indeed from Sirius and that Sirius was indeed that black dog had been watching Harry all book <laughs> Jess it wasn't the Grim. I oh! knew it wasn't the Grim. Jess you thought it was the every Grimm. time you said the Grim, oh, I was like no 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 Jess, no. Jess you thought it was the There's no Grimm in the next book. The Grimm! Oh, I gotta take my last chance to say the Grimm! Oh, no. Part that really got me. Okay. Yeah? No joking. Literally got goosebumps when I read it. Mmm. Literally got goosebumps again when I was typing these notes up. Ooh. And I'm probably gonna get goosebumps right now reading it. I'm gonna watch. I got a little close to tearing up at this part, and this is 100% honest. 
When Sirius gave that extra piece of parchment that gave Harry permission as his godfather to visit Hogsmeade on the weekends. Yeah. Oh. Yep, there they are. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have goosebumps. Oh my gosh. Not the kids book by Arlstein. Actual that. legit goosebumps on both arms. I got getting a little yep. watery Your, your eyes are it. a little shiny. Um, that that meant that that meant a lot. Like <sighs> <laughs> I love it. Um I'm so excited for you to read these books. It um you know, Harry just hasn't had he hasn't had anybody like that, you know? Um father figure? Yeah. Or I somebody mean, who like, just genuinely cares for him. Like the Weasleys are like his extended family and Ron's like a brother to him. But you know, to have somebody that had thank you, tissues. Somebody that had like that much of a connection to his father and somebody that would have given his life for his father. And we know would give his life for Harry now. And that's all Harry wanted was was somebody to care enough to just write a flipping letter. So he Sign the permission slip. That's go it. To Hogsmeade. And Uncle Vernon wouldn't even do that. Um, the fact that, that that really got me. It really did. That part. I think. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why it gave me goosebumps. I don't know why I'm tearing up but it uh it just seemed like it i don't know it seemed like it meant more to me than it did to even harry like <laughs> harry thought it was cool but like to me it's just it was like it meant so much more like symbolized so much mm -hmm. more that know? he it's like now he has a parental figure even though it's his godfather and, and he can't he go live with him. Won't get to see him very much, but but he still has somebody that he can go to. That he it's like a direct. It's a direct connection to his parents. Mm -hmm. It's like the you know the and, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. And Lupin thing. was, but he didn't know really to what extent mm -hmm. Lupin was. So he had access to Lupin like literally the whole year, but he didn't know that there was that connection. So, um, <clears throat> another good thing about this, Ron gets to keep the owl. Yeah, nice. Because uh, Sirius feels a little responsible for him losing his last animal. Sorry that your pet was an evil wizard. And the other thing about this is Here's that... Here's this cute little owl. It is a Crookshanks approved owl. Yes. Big step. We're talking about relationships. This is a big relationship step. Ron turns to Crookshanks like, you were yes. right. I was wrong. Yes. I should have listened to you. What is, is this one okay? Do you I, approve? I put in my notes, I like how Ron hated Crookshanks the whole book, and now Crookshanks is the final authority on whether this owl is okay. Yes. You know, Crookshanks kind of sniffs the owl, and Crookshanks is even a little, Crookshanks kind of like stands up a little bit when the owl comes in, because Crookshanks has got to- He's ready. He has got to give woo. it once over. He's Nightwing. He's ready to- yeah, he's our dog. Be on patrol. Crookshanks knows that I have to kind of give this 
I have to give all animals the once over because mm -hmm. they could potentially be evil wizards. <laughs> yes. And I'm in charge of protecting these kids. And and now I think Ron kind of has a little... Ron probably kind of feels bad for the way he treated Crookshanks earlier, and I think there's a little bit of a bond there. Definitely. Uh, last page of the book is great. I loved it. <laughs> you read it to me I read out it loud. To you, even before you had read the chapter, Harry informs Uncle Vernon that Harry not only has a godfather, but his godfather is a convicted murderer slash wizard who broke out of Unbreakable Wizard Prison, who's currently on the run. So he's out and about. Yep. Never know where he'll be. And he's going to be checking in from time to time to make sure Harry's happy. <laughs> And Perfect. I just, I can't wait to watch the movie because I hope that is that part is in the movie because I want to see if Uncle Vernon's face is the same that I pictured it when that bomb was dropped on him. <laughs> so, um, looks like Harry is probably going to get treated a little better. A little different. Like, he, he kind of moves up a little been, every year. There's every been a little progress, yeah. Year. He's not living under the stairs anymore. He's got a room. Mm hmm <laughs> But then he was like barricaded. He, yeah, in he had the bars room. and locked in, and the little flap to push his food in. Yeah, but he'd have a room. Yeah, you know, the bed and everything. A bed and everything. Bed well, and everything. Uh, now it seems like maybe uh, the Dursleys have another reason to maybe uh, other Make than other than just humanity. Well, he also didn't <laughs> leave on good terms. That's true. So we really had to have something to not that you need a reason to take care of a child and be nice to a child, but other than humanity, other than being a good human. Yeah, but they don't really see him like that. He's not one of them. He's one of those. It doesn't matter. I know. If I'm just were, saying. If you've been entrusted with taking care of a child, if God forbid something happened to my sister. And we got entrusted with their children. We would have to do our best. You know, it would be rough, but we would not shove them under the stairs. <laughs> the, we're not next in line for that, so <laughs> we're <laughs> yeah. okay. Yeah, I think they, we made it well known that like <laughs> that was a bad idea. If we idea. have to, we will. But it's probably not the best. Yeah, probably not the best idea for anybody. Uh, so that's uh, the end of the book. Woo! We ready for the movie? Yes. I'm so excited. I don't know why I'm like super excited about and it's not even watching the movie. It's like this milestone for us that we have finished a book and we're going to start another one. So what we're going to do is we are going to use our time turners. I think three, three turns ought to do it, Jess. I think the movie's three hours long. It's pretty close. Okay. I bet it's like well, two we got to have pie breaks, like snacks, hours. Yeah. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, we better give I ourselves think, I think three, three hours. I think three turns ought to do it. Maybe okay. two and a half turns of that uh, little time turner you're wearing right there. Yeah. Click, click. And a half click. Okay. So, but for you guys, it's only going to be about 60 seconds. So, don't go yeah, anywhere. Yeah, because you're staying in the hospital ward. We're going to be right back. Yeah, don't go anywhere. We're going to use the time turner. We're going to go back. We're going to watch this movie. And then we're going to come back in about 60 seconds. We're going to let you listen to the uh, soulful sounds of Mr. Huey Lewis. Mm. As we go. The boss. Back in time. <laughs> <laughs> don't go anywhere.
Ah. Woo. We're back. You okay? I always, well, you know, I hate time travel because time <laughs> travel is the worst. Kind of handy sometimes, though. Uh, did I say time travel is the worst earlier? Or did I say time travel is, what was my tagline that I was going to put on my t-shirt? Dumb. Time travel is dumb. That's time right. Time travel is dumb. Uh, makes me a little sick to my stomach. Feel a little sick to my stomach yeah, here. Yeah, it can happen. I've heard that could happen. So, uh, we just watched the movie. Uh, what were your initial takes on it? I know you have some books that you like more than the movies and some movies that you think... Well, I don't know if you have any movies that you like more than the books, but you have some movies that you like more than others. Yes. So, what were your uh, impressions after having just watched the movie? Um. Well, the first thing I said to you is... I don't think we should watch the movies right after we finish the books. It's always kind of a letdown. This one was not as much of a letdown as the last one, Chamber of Secrets. Mm. I remember after we watched, we finished the book, we watched the movies, and we were both like, wah, wah. That just wasn't, didn't live up to the book. And it's not that this one didn't. I think this one did a better job of living up to the book, but... It definitely felt like we were getting quick shots or like a montage of the highlights. It always feels rushed because, especially for us, because we spend, sometimes we spend months doing a book because, mm-hmm. we, you know, at most we've done an episode a week. <laughs> I'll wait till the next book. Yeah, I know. It's going to be years <laughs> uh, as we finish it in 2035. Oh, hope not i like this book we always feel it always feels rushed because we spend you know we do no more than if we can get through an episode a week which is the chapter a week and then if it's you know 22 chapters mm-hmm. you know you're looking at you know almost six months but then you have to throw in a month off here or there for one of us being sick yeah almost <laughs> dying yes but then the movie's over in like two hours and 20 minutes so it always feels rushed to us mm-hmm the, uh, aunt, some of the notes I made, the Aunt Marge scene was pretty close to the book. I thought that yep. was really well done. I gave that enough time to kind of, that scene to breathe a little bit. The night bus scene, it seemed like they put more into the night bus than the book did. That was one of the scenes where I thought that the, the movie went a little bit more into the night bus than the book did because they wanted to Show have the cool scenes. Show special yeah, effects. Exactly. And- uh, the leaky cauldron seemed super rushed to me. We didn't have the trip to Diagon Alley nope. there for the rat medicine, or which kind of planted the seeds for hey, something's weird about scabbers. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and then just getting Crookshanks. Right, and, and getting Crookshanks in the same trip there. The monster book of monsters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't get any of that. It just oh, we had a little experience with the book. Right. They had in to, you know, Harry's room, bit, sure. but not. With the other kids and going to shopping and all that. It it was cool. Something that you pointed out. We briefly got to see the newspaper that was referred to in the book. The newspaper with the Weasley family that Sirius sees in prison. uh, With the rat missing the Mm -hmm. the toe. Yeah, it's a picture of the whole Weasley family. And Ron's holding scabbers. Are they in Egypt or something like that? Yeah, I think they went to Egypt. At the pyramids. And that was... Sirius's reason for knowing Peter was alive and kind of gave him like a little extra, you know, motivation to get out. There was no Secret Service detail on the way to the train, like we nope. had in the book. 
there was only one hairy trip to Hogwarts in, or to Hogsmeade in the movie. Yes. Whereas several in the book, several times he's sneaking off by the the was it the one eye one eyed witch. One well, eye. one eyed witch, but she also had like a hump back too. That was like her hump that he snuck through. Something that you noticed, what there was no Crookshanks on scene where we take the trip inside the Whomping Willow to the Shrieking Shack. Crookshanks kind of led the way, you know, when they were coming out of the Shrieking Shack. Yeah, they, his, Crookshanks and Sirius in dog form was like a little animal posse. Mm-hmm. They got together several times <coughs> in, in the book. For that matter, there was no magic stump button that freezes the tree. Nope. I think Lupin just did an immobilis charm. Yeah. And and that's what froze the tree. Uh, the, another thing, there was no no Sir Cadigan. Uh, very Guarding limited. The door, yeah. Taking over for the fat lady when uh, the fat lady had been scared off and ripped up by uh, apparently serious in his dog form they threw him into the background so that us book people mm-hmm. could notice and go oh, there he is yeah but I, then I, I got excited nothing. a little bit when i saw him just randomly swinging his sword and other people's paintings <laughs> and have at thee <laughs> and I, I got a little excited when i saw that mm-hmm. uh there was a hint at something it was kind of reference in the in the movie but something that was kind of prominent in the book neville losing the password List, list yeah and that's how well that whole part was cut Sirius mm-hmm. never really shows up in the dorm room yep. with the knife in the dormitory yeah over <laughs> over ron's bed it started to sound like a clue game there yeah ron had a had a nightmare once but it was of spiders yes. in the movie uh so we get a hint of neville well, neville probably forgot the password again that's why there's this big long line to get in and neville's mm-hmm. actually behind them okay hey, hey guys what the heck? But we don't get to see... You know, Neville wasn't in this movie a lot. We got to see him Neville's with... Neville's never in the movie a lot. With, He's in the books the a lot more than the movies. A uh, lot less Quidditch in the movie. lot less Quidditch in the mm-hmm. movie. There's no scene where Draco pretends to be a Dementor in the game. No. Uh, there, So there's really only one Quidditch game, and that's where Harry falls off the broom because of the Dementors. So there's no Quidditch success for Gryffindor. Nope. In the movie at all, and that is a big reason why they why Gryffindor ends up winning the House Cup in the book. We don't even know who wins the, you know, the House Cup in the movie. Yeah, they never mention it. That doesn't matter apparently. Uh, the Firebolt was featured prominently in the book, almost annoyingly so. If you heard our past episodes, we talked <laughs> about uh, how th- we we had a whole chapter about it and then about three chapters where it's kind of everybody's hey man can I ride that firebolt is there like you got you got that firebolt back yet and then they were like check it takes so they took the broom got taken away to check to see if it was hexed and Harry really wanted it back and uh, Oliver Wood who's I don't remember seeing in the movie was was very adamant about Dude, you get your broom back? Yeah, we need to practice. We, 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 we got to practice on that broom. Where's your broom? It's almost like like we don't even want Harry. We just want that broom yeah. on the team. That's how one, uh, you know, one track focused. mind yes. Oliver was. So uh, along with picking, like I said, picking it apart for the hexes in the book. Not any the firebolt doesn't even show up in the movie until the very end when Harry rides it off and it has like that that screen, Woo-hoo! the uh, the screen freeze. Da da da. 
you know, or like uh, at the end of like a TV show where everybody jumps and celebrates and they freeze frame in the air. Mm-hmm. Harry had that, and then it just rolled the credits. Uh, the Marauders map plays a big part in the movie. However, we never get the big explanation of who wrote the map. We never even get a big explanation of who M- Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs are. Yeah, that really gets skipped over. I mean, we it's made obvious that Lupin knows what the map is. He knows how to work it. He knows about the map. He, the map's never wrong. He, all those things. But an even um, serious kind of, they talk about the map at, in the Shrieking Shack a little bit. It's mentioned and he's like, oh, the map's never wrong. So we know that he knows about the map. We know Lupin knows about the map. But yeah, it's never really spelled out. In the book, the invisibility cloak is used by Harry, Ron, and Hermione to kind of sneak to Hagrid's hut before Buckbeak's execution to kind of be with him and then to kind of sneak back so they don't get caught. That was not utilized in the book. They just go down there and then sneak out the side door. Yeah. Uh, In the book, the scene where the Sirius and his dog form is dragging Ron, Ron around a bit before he drags him into the tree is a lot more violent in the book. He just kind of bites his leg once yeah. in the movie. And just It's just like a straight shot drag. There's no real fighting or bouncing around or getting caught on tree roots. Something that you mentioned during the movie and I wanted to give you credit for it was Crookshanks just seems a lot less smart in the movies. Yeah, um, you know, generally I'm all for sticking to the books, but in this case, I kind of prefer Crookshanks in the movie, being more of a regular cat. In this book, very, very pivotal. In, yeah, in the book. he's extremely smart and like working with Sirius, almost like communicating with Sirius. It, it's he's clearly not just an ordinary cat. Um, but then in the later books, he kind of goes back to being an ordinary cat and doesn't really do anything extraordinary after that. Interesting. At least not consistently. Um, so I kind of prefer this way to kind of just level that out that, oh, no, he's just a regular, not all the wizarding pets are a little special, but not that special. Uh, Snape does not use the invisibility cloak in the movie when he follows everyone to the Shrieking Shack. Yeah, so he doesn't really overhear anything. He just just barges in and (laughs) tries to take over. Something that you mentioned while we were watching the movie is that Sirius goes from super crazed madman, like I've been driven to the brink of insanity by this 13 years in, in Azkaban, to about two minutes later, he's very calm and and very and well, articulate very like well when he faces snape he's a totally different person mm-hmm. and he's like as per usual snape you walk in here and you don't know what's going on why don't like you go back to playing with your chemistry set <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you might as well just call him a nerd wait a minute you were shrieking and like ripping your hair out of two minutes ago uh there is no fudge and snape discussion Outside of the infirmary before Dumbledore comes in with the time travel mission for Harry and uh, Hermione. So Harry doesn't get up. They're all awake in the infirmary. Yeah, even Ron, Ron's Ron, awake. Even Ron's awake and sees them 
time travel and then seconds later come back, uh, which, you know, had to have been a little freaky for him. But, <laughs> you know, it's the magical wor world, so he should be used to stuff like that. Uh, so that, that kind of takes out the whole scene of Harry getting up and getting in Snape's face and having to calm him down. And, and the questioning of Harry's mental capacities mm -hmm. if he's in control over his mind or if Snape yeah that whole scene kind of goes out but it kind of goes out goes along with Snape having overheard things and he didn't do that mm -hmm. so because I think because they cut that short they kind of had to cut back cut the other part short too the serious rescue is a little different too he is not in flitwick's office they doesn't fly up to the window yeah uh, he's in the dark tower conveniently on the top of the dark tower in a little tiny cell with unguarded. a perfect with a perfect landing pad for unguarded unguarded uh, apparently the the most wanted wizard outside of voldemort in the world mm -hmm. unguarded no, he's locked in a tower. He's just locked up in a, with a rusty old lock that anybody yeah, could open. You know, so the idea there, you know, because Hermione opens it with simple Lohamora, and there, the idea is, well, obviously they didn't leave Sirius a wand, so therefore he couldn't get out. But I did notice throughout the entire movie there was a lot of wizards using magic without their wand and without saying anything mm -hmm. there's a lot of just hand flipping mm -hmm. and things happening and finger twitching and things happening and i know that's talked about in, in the throughout the whole series not in the fandom it's talked about how you know some spells wizards don't need their wand mm -hmm. for and they can gradually like move up to and, to and saying doing it without saying words mm -hmm. um some argue that that's actually the natural way of doing it because like Harry when he lost control with his aunt he didn't say anything he didn't have his wand but sure. he still did magic so we're just gonna assume that Sirius can't do magic can't open a door without his wand maybe without... that's one of those higher level you know like shutting the the shutters on the the windows of the defense against the dark arts room like Snape did mm -hmm. or making like the teapot you know pour know, though, itself or something Hermione did it her first year you would think an adult wizard would be able to do it I don't know there's something special about Harry and Hermione though as far as you know and they even mention it several times in the in the book in the movie you know you're the most gifted witch of your age that I've ever seen mm -hmm. and then they even say that I don't know if they said it in the movie or if they said it in the book. I know they said it in the book. I don't know if they said it in the movie. That I think Snape said like only a po super a powerful, powerful wizard, wizard could have done yeah. a Patronus with that much power. Mm -hmm. And and we've got a third year, 13-year-old that did it. And so. Lupin kind of said that in the practice when he got it like on the second mm -hmm. try. They were like, yeah. I think you give your dad a run for his money. They're sure. really good. So. Yeah, so there might be, I mean, I think I think there's something special about those two. Mm -hmm. You know, they're obviously destined for for great things. You know, Ron is fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's dealing with a broken Some, wand right now. He's, he's, he's sometimes working he's with work, a handicap. Yeah, sometimes he's working with a, with a disadvantage. Uh, the other thing that you s liked about the movie that kind of troubled you about the book is when Harry and Hermione time travel 
they didn't teleport this time. When when they time-traveled in the book, they also teleported to a different location, whereas when they time-traveled here, they just went back three hours to the exact same place in the infirmary. Yeah, I mean... The teleportation thing seemed to bother you a little bit. Yeah, I get that it took them to where they're three hours, you know, where they were three hours ago. But yeah, it just seemed a little strange that... The time turner not only transported them through time, but also through space. Mm-hmm. I think I preferred the book version where it transported them back in time, but they were still standing in the same location. I mean, I get the logic of it would take them back to where their past selves were at that time, but then you also have problems there too with what if you run into each other. Mm-hmm. That, that makes things complicated too. Um, I kind of like the idea of the time turner dropping you back off in the same place. It would make it easier to plan out, too. Like what if, if somebody was standing in that exact same spot, though? Maybe it would just, like bump you next would you to like, it. Like in the games. Would you, you morph with them? Like, would, <laughs> would you like, would you be? No, like, I, think, I think you just bump into them. Would your them. bodies like mesh together and then you would die? No. You know, what if, what if three hours ago there was like a wall there and they br- busted down the wall and then you went back to that same spot and would you like be stuck in the middle of that wall? No, you would just run into it. Just run into it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just... Because anyway. you're traveling and once I'm you a hit hard, something I'm a hard that you couldn't... Scra- I'm a hard scrabble journalist. I ask the tough questions. Tough questions. Uh, anything else you want to say about the book or the movie? Because if not, I've got one final question for you, but I want to make sure you get everything you wanted to say. Um, just wanted to talk about in the book or in the movie, throughout the whole time travel process, I thought this is where you were going with it, not the traveling through space and time thing, but... <laughs> throughout the whole process, they kind of... They interact with each other. And I kind of liked that, helping people to see that these two events are happening at the uh, same yes. time. Like the... Uh, the rock throwing. The rocks. And I didn't get that at first. When when we saw it the first time and Harry and Hermione were in, the, in Hagrid's hut and then the rock breaks the pitcher mm-hmm. and then the rock breaks... The, Harry's or hits, head. Hits Harry, <laughs> breaks Harry's head. And then Hermione... When they go, when they sneak out the side door, she says, I thought I saw something. Never mind. And I was like, what? What's she yeah. talking about? I don't get it. <laughs> and then, and then when. And then the howling. It was, that was cool. That, I thought that, I thought that, you're right. I thought that was, I thought that made more sense in the movie than it did in the book. That kind of show you that they were taking, that they were taking place at the same time. Okay. I thought that was kind of cool to like give you a little, here's a little, uh, you know, appetizer for something that, mm-hmm. something that we're going to get well, later uh, on. And it kind of proves that the first time we went through it, it, I don't know. It's hard to explain. Time travel is complicated. But like, No, the, time travel is dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. But like if we'd just gone through it the first time with no alterations like we did in the book, and then they go back and you're like reliving it, it's like two different things to you in your head. But when you see that they overlapped and they interacted and one actually couldn't have happened if they hadn't gone back. So if they hadn't gone back, would Harry and Ron Hermione gotten caught in Hagrid's hut? Because nobody 
through the rocks. So they would have had to have gone back and changed it in order for it to play out the way it did. Mm -hmm. Would Harry have died from the Dementors if he, if he hadn't, hadn't seen himself or seen someone he thought looked like him cast the Patronus? See, that's, that's why time travel's dumb. <laughs> it's just so dumb. I hate it so much. Uh, final questions for you, Jessica. Yes, Daniel? We've read three books now. Mm -hmm. Please rank them in order of uh, your favorite to least favorite of the three. The books? Yes. No movies. No movies. Books. Um. Hmm. I think I'm going to throw Chamber of Secrets on the bottom. Me too. Because I just, yeah, I don't know. And then I think I'm going to put this one in the middle and Sorcerer's Stone on the top. Interesting. Because it's the first one. Mm -hmm. I mean, it started everything off. I think I, I, think, I, I, I think, think you the have same to way. put it there. I think I'm the same way. And I, and I was wondering if that was just me being the novice Harry, Harry Potter reader that I am putting the first one up top. I just had it just it was really cool to get my maybe you know you never forget your first time Aww. uh you know I, I thought it was really cool to get you know introduced to the wizarding world and, and the characters and everything in book form so so far i think i still put sorcerer stone up top but i put uh prisoner of azkaban second and chamber of secrets third as of right now yeah and i feel like there is a significant divider well this book was probably the transition between like the thinner kids books and now we're gonna mature quite a bit i think mm -hmm. we're gonna get into more in-depth things and it, it's just like a, a different level from here on out well that is the wrap up for chapter 22 i'll post again and then also the movie version harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban the next time you hear it's a us, wrap up for all of it yep uh, next time you hear us, we will be back with Chapter 1 of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Ooh. And if I remember the movies correctly, this is where things start getting a little dark. Yes. Yes, they do. And so that could be interesting. As I said, that was our transition book. Now we're getting into, like, I do the have real to, I do stuff. have to mention the uh, my favorite, my Goosebumps scene from... The book was not in the movie. I was very disappointed. Very disappointed. Did you? Oh, I was gonna say earlier when we were talking about the firebolt. When the, in the movie, when he got the firebolt at the very end, he technically didn't know who it was from. I mean, he knew who it was from. But did you see what they did? They tied the feathers to the front of the broom, mm -hmm. and I think that was supposed to be to tip you off that it was from Buckbeak and Sirius. Gotcha. So, uh, like I said, that wraps up Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban here on Broomsticks and Butterbeer. You can always send us your emails, uh, your questions, anything. It doesn't have to be about a book we've read so far. It can be about anything in the Harry Potter universe. Um, and then if you've got how you are going to uh, put your Scooby-Doo characters... Oh, with, yeah. with the with the uh, Harry Potter uh, characters, and we would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for those yeah, meddling kids. Yeah, I also kids. want to know who the person is that gets the mask pulled off. The bad guy that gets the mask pulled off at the end. He wasn't a zombie at all. It was blah 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 blah. Governor Steve, well, but you're the one who called us here in the first place. It'd be like they would think it's serious, and then you pull the mask off, and it's 
Um, and then it's a snake. dog. And then <laughs> you pull going, the mask off again. I was trying to get serious murdered by the Dementors. And then it was Snape in a dress. <laughs> and a hat. And a yeah. handbag. We did get to see that. That was really cool to see Alan Rickman in a dress and a, <laughs> and a big, big hat, I'm sure. Or just when he came creeping out of the closet, mm-hmm. out of the wardrobe, he yeah. was like, what is going on? Why am I here? Who has summoned me? Uh, so send us your emails, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, and we will give you a shout-out on the air. Follow us on Twitter at broomsticksb, uh, broomsticks followed by the letter B, no underscores, no spaces there. And uh, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're uh, listening to, because then you get the episodes right away. Right away. If you subscribe, Jessica. Yeah. For example, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, at the second I put I post the podcast, it is on your device. It starts downloading on your device. However, if you do not subscribe, then you have to wait for Apple Podcasts to update, which sometimes takes up to 24 hours oh, no. to update their their uh, refresh their feed, and then you might get it, you know, seven, eight, ten hours after somebody else has already listened to it. And they might spoil stuff for you. No, they wouldn't. They would. Oh, no. You think Jennifer would? She she probably would. She, <laughs> she like, texts me she while like, she's listening. She seems like the kind of person And she'd be would. like, that's so funny. And I'm like, I don't know what she's talking about. I don't think Kelly would, even though she's a Slytherin. Seems like she she might. I don't, yeah, I don't think would. she'd be bothered. It's too much effort to go and spoil it for people. Yeah. She just Jennifer totally would, though. <laughs> She wouldn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you, I was just playing around. You agree with me, though. She might. Okay. She might, but she wouldn't mean to. It would just kind of come out. You said earlier, you asked me something about the book, and I always hesitate before I answer because mm-hmm. I have to go through the, the whole content of the series and make sure I'm not going to give you a spoiler. No, that's not why. Be- yeah. No, it's because I say something... And you're like, well, he can't possibly be right. Let me think. And you take about 10 seconds to think, and then you give me your blessing for, for being right. You give me the, the Jessica Rhino uh, Ravenclaw blessing. No, it's, I don't want to mess up and spoil something. Okay. So I think, we're, I think we're done. Yeah, we just keep going. Let's just get out of here. Uh, follow us on Facebook. Like I said, follow us on Twitter. Subscribe. And if you uh, are subscribing, please leave us a five-star review on whatever platform it is, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts. You know? Ooh. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Well, yeah, maybe that, I did. That's what it says on their app anyway. <laughs> uh, and until next time, when we come to you with uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, this is Broomsticks and Butterbeer. I'm your Hufflepuff host. Dan Rhino. I'm your Ravenclaw host with the blue mic, Jessica Rhino. And we'll see you next time. Bye.